you're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, what is the most stressful journey you've ever taken? <sighs> life. <laughs> has your life also been invaded by Gary Oldman? I feel like it has, but I feel like I kind of welcome that aspect, really. I mean, okay. whose life hasn't been improved by a bit of a Gary Oldman invasion, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Uh, but in terms of actual journeys, I mean, there was a time we were driving in Italy with my family and my mum started crying because I couldn't read a map. Because you couldn't read a map? Yeah, I couldn't read a map. We were lost and... When was this? How old were you? I was like 19. Okay. I was peak teenage grumpiness. And we were lost and mum was like, John, just tell us which way to go. I was in the passenger seat. Mm. And I was like, I can't read maps. And then I kind of flung the map down. Not at her, just flung it on the ground because I was stressed out. Mm-hmm. And then she got really upset and started crying in the back of the car. And then I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm even more angry. Because I felt like she was such a manipulative move to start crying. I just got even more angry then because then I felt bad that she'd started crying over every flinging a map. Like, wow. it was high stress. Wow. Not coincidentally, the last time me and my family went on holidays together. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising, no. Mm. Uh, can you read maps now? No. You didn't no. You, you, you didn't think to learn? No, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. Okay. So what do you do when you get lost? Well, I can read Google Maps. Okay. Yeah. Other okay. than that, I'm fucked. Sure, so GPS works. When when, yes. when something says, here, this is where you are. Yeah, and even works. then it's like, hmm. Right, okay. <laughs> right, well, you're never my GPS. No, I was never going to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think between us, you're bad at directions, I'm bad at driving. Yeah. There have been many occasions where somehow we've made it from A to B and no one knows how. True. Yeah, it is a miracle. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And today is the final episode of the Glenn Close season. We made it. We made it all the way through. Well, I mean, we've got to get to the end of the episode We've got first. to this one, yeah. So what a season it's been. What a journey I've been taking on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've enjoyed, you, I've enjoyed every second of it. Mm. Would you liken it to being trapped on a plane full of Russian terrorists? I prefer the Russian terrorists, really? I believe. Well, you know what? I don't care. Because I have had a great season. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what matters. Yeah. I have enjoyed all four of these movies thoroughly. <laughs> so, have you enjoyed recording episodes on them? Not so much. <laughs> That's definitely had its ups and downs. But in terms okay. of watching these four movies, I have had a good time. Okay, so catch the listeners up. Why did you do Glenn Close? Just in case you didn't listen to the last few. Well, because we had a mini-season coming up, and it was my turn to pick one. You chose the last one, which was uh, films based on video games. I mean, kind of. We both chose we both it. Cho- we both we, chose we, it. We both chose it. it you, you just couldn't think of anything, so I helped you out with it. So I, sure, sure, sure. I thought it was fair to give you a choice on a season. Sure. And I thought, well, we've never done one on an actor before, where mm-hmm. we just look at one actor's roles. And I thought, well, Glenn Close, at the time, it was just after the Oscars, she'd just lost her seventh Oscar in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you know... She's both very appreciated, but also very underappreciated, because mm-hmm. she's been nominated seven times, which is a lot, but she's also never won. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought, well, let's go through that journey. And at first, I thought, let's do four of her Oscar-nominated performances. <laughs> and then we did the first two. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? This isn't going to work. This is <laughs> no. not going to work for Harry. We can't no. do four serious... I mean, I was sceptical on this season when you picked the idea to me of, like, hey, let's do a Glenn Close season. Mm-hmm. And initially, I was like... Mm, 
don't really want to. I'd like to veto this. And then you're like, well, you know, seven Oscar nominations, never winning. Like, mm-hmm. she's a great actress. I think you'll appreciate her. I was like, well, I've not got a reason yeah. other than I don't want to. So sure. let's do it. Well, you went into it with such positivity then. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> that it didn't work out for you. So yeah, Fatal Attraction was a thing. You enjoyed that one. I think now you look up, you, you've judged that harshly because Dangerous Liaisons wasn't I've, you back. I, I've, I've definitely feeling better about Fatal Attraction now. Oh, good. Dangerous good. Liaisons not sticking by that film even slightly fair enough you legitimately disliked it and that's a mm-hmm. valid opinion yeah. that's fine uh, Mars Attacks better yeah better I don't know why I didn't really have an opinion on it mm-hmm. I can't explain it mm, I don't know it was, yeah, it was just like your kryptonite you had neither positive nor negatives you were just like yeah. that was a film yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it no, yeah. okay. I, I don't know and then this one Air Force One is today's episode mm-hmm. you know what really like this one. Oh, thank Christ <laughs> <laughs> thank Christ yeah this was this this was a good one this was this was quite up my street I'm glad I, I'm so pleased I was about to say I was, I was about to get to even more defensive because I, you know even if you hated this I don't care because I fucking love this film yeah I watched this last night and I cannot remember the last time I like hooted with delight so many times <laughs> watching a film this film is great it has mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm it absolutely it has everything you want in an action movie. There is no cliche left untouched in this. Film. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure if that was the end of the sentence or not. There, that was close. No, this this movie had all it needed. Yes, I think my favourite part of the movie was right at the start when just it's all in setup. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a solid quarter hour of setup in this mm-hmm. at the start of this movie, and it's all fine. Yeah. You know, at that point it could go either way, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just the point where people are entering the plane, and then suddenly it's. Gary Oldman and a load of clearly Eastern European looking sort of muscle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was in this, but like as soon as he's in it, it's like, oh, there's the villain. Yes. <laughs> there they are. This is a classic Gary Oldman villain. He's got the <laughs> yeah. accent, he's got the shouting. Like, yeah. He's at 11 <laughs> yes, from start yes. to finish, which is what you yeah. want from Gary Oldman in an action movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I want? When Mother Russia becomes one great nation again. When the capitalists are dragged from the Kremlin and shot in the street. When our enemies run and hide in fear at the mention of our name and America begs our forgiveness. On that great day of deliverance, you will know what I want. So would you like to kick us off with a plot summary before we pitch our sequels? Sure. So this film stars Harrison Ford mm-hmm. as the president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So he is President James Marshall. Mm-hmm. He is, and he is such a... What a name. It is such a, it's such a <laughs> solid American name. Magazines often do polls of the most popular fictional American presidents. Oh, yeah. The ones they would most like to actually be the president. I mean, yeah. There's so many. There's like whoever's the president in Independence Day, mm-hmm. Deep, Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this one apparently always tops it. See, that's odd, because yeah. I, I feel like Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact, he's much more of a... He's much more down-to-earth. He's much more presidential. Well, not just he's much more presidential, because like, he's in the White House the whole time. Yeah. That helps, and he's you know there with all fancy suits and stuff. He's much more relatable. Mm-hmm. I think like he just feels like a real person. I don't whereas, think a people want. Whereas Harrison Ford in this one, he just feels like an action hero. Oh, yeah. He's a bad politician. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really bad politician. <laughs> That's one takeaway. He is terrible, his job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, this is what people want. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And I do think that this film is very coloured by by history. Like, I feel like whenever you first watch this film, whoever the president might be at that current time, and like, 
there's a few things that struck me because I think when this film came out, Bill Clinton was the president. Okay. And it was like, well, I mean, he's not really an action kind of guy, but you can kind of see it. You know, he was. Well, Clinton. Clinton, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's really, he's decidedly not an action guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, but yeah, I, I, that's why I questioned it. Yeah, but you, I don't know, I could kind of see what they were thinking, maybe. Like, okay, I guess he's, you know, I don't know. And then it was George Bush. It's like, no, 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 no. 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 And then it was Barack Obama. Like, yes, he probably could. You know, he, he probably, I could see him kicking ass on the plane. Yeah. I could see him kicking ass on a plane, but like, as like a skit for charity or something sure, like sure, that. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. And like where we are now, like it's just it just the idea is just laughable. Like mm, it's just mm. hilarious. I think um, one of the questions I asked uh, when I was watching this was like people do go out of their way to protect this president, hundred percent. Yeah. Like who don't need to? Yes. Like, they're not necessarily his uh, his bodyguards or anything. Right. Like. Or would you, if it was a president you didn't agree with? Mm-hmm. Like, say you're a reporter, mm-hmm. like just a unpolitical reporter, you, you, you don't go left or right particularly. Sure. Um, or maybe you do, I don't know. And the president is Donald Trump, yeah. and terrorists take over the plane. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you do? Like, yeah, I think if this happened... If, if, if I know, say you're more you or me, like we're both kind of left, yeah. and we're not really supporting Donald Trump. Sure. I think quite actively not so. Mm-hmm. What do you do in this case? Do you want to save that, save that guy's life? No. Or do, you, or do you just want to sort of sit there and let it happen? Oh, so that's what I think if it happened today, it would be like a very different... Well, I mean, this isn't real. This isn't a real thing that happened. That's obvious. But like... Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> if, if you are a president like Trump, mm-hmm. you must have to vet your staff more than just like, oh, they make good bodyguards. Yeah. Like, well, these people have been good bodyguards for everybody. Well, clearly the vetting process was not very efficient in this film. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think there is something very American about... Well, it just, I mean, this film is super American. It's so American. <laughs> Directed by a German, though, interestingly. Really? But nevertheless, very American. Yeah. But there's definitely a thing, I think, that Americans tend to... Even the presidents they don't necessarily agree with. The office of the presidency is so revered. I think it's closer to... I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a British person talking. I don't know America that well. But from my observation, it seems like the presidency is... It's closer to how we would maybe feel with, like, the queen, like, the monarch, mm-hmm. maybe. I know, I'm not a super monarchist by any means. I mean, if, if it's between me and Lizzie, I'm like, you're 92, bitch. <laughs> but, but I think there'll be more of an imperative for people to protect the queen if it was her. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was Theresa May, regardless of if you agree with her or not, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be that same kind of, she, she must be protected above all of us. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, I feel like the office of president is considered so important and so, so revered that people well, will die to save that. Well, yeah, big time. You compare the both, like... Now we're not even talking about the film, we're just talking no. politics. Mm-hmm. The White House is pretty much a palace. Yeah. Similar to how Buckingham Palace is obviously a palace. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, our Prime Minister just lives in a terraced house. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's, 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 a it's, not, e- it's not even semi-detached. No. <laughs> <laughs> she is It's number it. 10. It's not even number one. Mm-hmm. Like, well, number two. And this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Teresa. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so to get back to the film, but mm-hmm. to answer your question, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably give my life for any president or prime minister, but I'm a coward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. sure, sure. I'd, be, I'd be just grabbing the first parachute just out of there like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, plot. Plot. Sorry, yes, let's get back to the film. <laughs> so here's the President James Marshall, yes. Harrison Ford. So the film opens pretty much like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Remind me. The first scene is it's not him. The first scene is of a bunch of American like Navy SEALs and stuff. Yeah. Breaking into a palace in Kazakhstan and they arrest the dictator from Kazakhstan. Oh yes. Yeah. He's like the thing on which this whole plot turns. Mm. It felt very true lies to me. You just open with this very like, you know, parachutes yeah. in here and it's like, Yeah, I get what you mean there. And interestingly enough, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered for this role of Harrison Ford, of President okay. James Marshall, yeah. which would have been a very different film. Anyway, so basically what's happened is the US is working with Russia to kidnap this dictator. And then we cut to Harrison Ford, President James Marshall, giving the speech in Russia mm-hmm. with the Russian president. He's being honoured. Mm-hmm. And then he gives this very Hollywood, <laughs> Hugh Grant in love, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was, wasn't it? I have a prepared speech, but here's how I really feel, which is what politicians <laughs> yeah. do all the time. Mm. They always do this. Mm. Yeah. Basically, he says, yes, we took out this dictator, but we did it too late. We waited until he attacked our soil or something. Mm-hmm. From now on, zero tolerance. Gonna... We do not negotiate with terrorists. We don't negotiate with terrorists, and we will not tolerate dictators. Which, yeah. which, which I'll be honest, is one of my drinking games. Sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This was the first time I thought, ooh, this is a very pre-9-11 kind of film as well. Isn't it? It's like, this is very like America as like the police of the world being like, we will inter- actively intervene in all of these. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, taking out a... This is why he's like a bad politician. Like taking out a head of state, kidnapping mm. a head of state from his palace, even if it's a dictator, mm-hmm. is not good politics. No, no, not at all. I mean, I can only think equivalent of it being Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously that didn't work out very well for anyone. You know, it's, it's like, ooh, this isn't good. But everyone, in the world of this film, he's a hero. Mm-hmm. And he's being honoured and everyone loves this speech. Well, his political advisors are kind of a bit like, pulling at their collars like oh but on the whole it goes down very well and mm-hmm. everyone's like oh you're such a hero mm-hmm. so this is our guy this is set up harrison ford is your classic american hero yeah the president who's going to kick ass and you know take over the world but in a good way yeah so then they're leaving russia and they get onto air force one obviously mm-hmm. the official plane for the president so the, the president and his first lady and his horribly annoying daughter <laughs> uh, they board the plane all of the politicians all the governments you know does the president in any film always have to have a daughter? It seems that way. It's always one daughter. It's isn't one it? daughter. It's never yeah. like a group of sons or like no. mixed. It's always just one child. Mm. Always a daughter. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why that is. She's more relatable. Yeah, I sympathetic. Think, I think that's it. I think teenage boys aren't particularly likable characters. No, and multiple children's too much for any kind of film like this. Yeah. So if you want one that you can like root for. A teenage girl or young girl is usually the way to go. Mm. Although in this film, I was willing for us to get shot because she oh, yeah. was awful. Yeah. <laughs> Although I figured out why because I, the actress who played her, actress, quote unquote, um, <laughs> no, she, she's, she has been in three films in her entire career. This yeah. is the second. Uh, so she was only a child actress, and she is actually the daughter of a billionaire hotel owner. Not Donald Trump. Oh, God. It's not Ivanka Trump. <laughs> not a young but it's like analogous to. Like, it's the owner of Hyatt Hotel. I don't even okay, know yeah. they're like one of the big hotel chains, Hyatt. Uh, so she is a almost basically a princess. So right. I'm pretty sure she got this role entirely on her acting skills. Right. And not because someone passed someone a check. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why she's in this movie, essentially. <laughs> rather than like an actual child actor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if this has been like... Like in True Lies, it's Eliza Dushku from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and other things. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... And Natalie Portman was in Mars Attacks. You know, it was like a child star. You'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know, Elizabeth Moss, what are you doing in this? Mm-hmm. But instead, it's just this complete nobody who can't act. Yeah. So, which, she's not in it too much. Yeah. She gave one really good eye roll. That's the one thing I'll say for her. There's one scene where she eye rolls, and it's like her, in, again, it's the bad acting. Her entire face just kind of goes. It's like an eye roll mixed with a gurn. She's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's the only good thing she does. But she's awful. Oh, I love good eye roll. Yeah. Anyway, so they all board... And they're leaving Russia to fly back to America, presumably. Mm-hmm. And then we see, as you mentioned, Gary Oldman mm-hmm. with his thick, thick Russian accent or Eastern European accent. Yeah. So him and his crew, they're boarding the plane pretending to be press. 
Yes. They, they, they've taken out some of the press, haven't they? they they've yeah, murdered or kidnapped or something. Probably murdered. And somehow Gary Oldman's managed to graft his thumbprint onto this guy. Or yeah. Because something. Like, yeah. Yeah. he manages to access, he gets into the plane, yeah. Yeah. Posing as a journalist. Which, sure, I guess that's the yeah. plan. But, I mean, the whole thing that they say, some of the security back at back in Washington is saying, like, well, it's impossible to get guns on Air Force One. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's literally impossible. You could just never do it. Yeah. Okay, but you can pretend to be someone else. Yeah. Is that is is that possible? <laughs> Harry, are you suggesting how, how, how that this that film work? has plot holes? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they try and apply a level of logic, sure, and and that level is not consistent. No, no, I think they just wave. They if if, if it was a low level of logic, like consistently, that'd be fine. Sure. All they need is that consistency. You're right. It varies because sometimes this film's just silly, yeah, and then sometimes they get into like really deep conversations about the Constitution. Yeah. It's like this is two different things, but mm. anyway. So they get onto the plane, and one of the president's bodyguards is an inside man. He's working with these mm. Eastern European terrorists. Mm-hmm. Because that's because Gary Oldman and his team, they are Kazakh loyalists. Yeah. So they're loyal to this dictator who's been arrested. And their plan is to kidnap the president, take over Air Force One, and to use that as leverage to demand that this dictator from Kazakhstan that's got kidnapped at the beginning of the film is released. Mm-hmm. That's their motivation. Yeah. And so for reasons that are never explained, one of the president's bodyguards is an inside man. See, I, see, I don't really get half of this while watching it. I didn't really piece together that the guy abducted at the start, mm. the, the Kazakhstan leader, yeah. Um, I didn't clock that that was the same guy at the end. Uh-huh. Just, Fair enough. I just forgot thinking about that. And It's just, not important. No, it's, it's not, not really at all. It's, just, it's just like, hey, let's just watch Die Hard on a plane. This is absolutely <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> but also, like, to be fair, the, the, guy, the inside man plotline is weird because everyone in this film just looks so generic- like white, middle-aged, slightly mm-hmm. receding hairline. They all have the exact same hairline and face <laughs> and body. All the bodyguards look identical. Yeah. So I had completely forgot that one of them was an inside man. Hmm. After the first scene where he shoots a bunch of people, then he, he crops up in, in and out through the film looking suspicious, but I kept forgetting. It was only at the end. I was like, oh yeah, that guy's, he's a wrong one. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, it never really clicked with me. Yeah. So every time, I, I was always surprised when he turned out to be a villain, even though it happened multiple times in the film. He helps them to access the weapons, basically. Because mm. they can't sneak weapons onto Air Force One. But Air Force One is obviously full of weapons. So he basically helps them to get all the guns and stuff. Yes. It did strike me. So Air Force One is a super high-powered, kitted out to the max, you know, to protect a president. Mm-hmm. It's got an escape pod. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's yeah. high, high-powered. doesn't have any security cameras. I mean, name a single action movie that has security cameras. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> They, they'd hit the fun out of everything. It's, they do. It's, it's, it's like mobile phones have ruined horror movies. It's just one of those things. Yeah. 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 Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not going to dwell on it. I just noticed it in that moment. Mm. But anyway, long story short, Gary Oldman and co. take over the, sh- the plane. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gunfight at this point. Like, So they're like shooting everyone. All the bodyguards and soldiers are shooting back. It's mm-hmm. a load of crossfire. And the bodyguards, are like their top priority is to get the president to safety and to get him yes. off the plane. Yes. So they have to get him to the escape pod. Yes. Their method of doing this is to literally drag him into the line of fire. <laughs> well, they didn't really say it out loud, but I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that was the only route they had to get downstairs to the escape pod. Sure. Well, I just thought maybe your first priority would be, in this situation, try and fight them off and then get him to the escape pod later rather than like put him in the line of fire... You know, mm. you know what I mean? Because there's only like five, six terrorists. They could have yeah. conceivably taken them down. Yeah. Rather than focusing on getting the president to his escape pod, which he isn't going to use anyway. I mean, I don't know how uh, Air Force One actually works, but surely just having multiple routes from 
anywhere on the plane down to the escape pod. I hope it's like Cluedo, just hidden passages everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's how I would, that's how I build the yeah. plane. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, that's how I design the plane and be able to also automatically just using computer control lock off any segment of the plane. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, well the terrorists are there, so let's just lock them in there. Yeah, and then we're done. Yes, exactly. Again, that would make it a short film. But yeah, absolutely, well, yeah. absolutely, yes. That should yeah. be. Yeah, it should be very segmented. So. Yeah, they, they managed to get the president to the escape pod. Mm. And it looks like he's escaped. But then actually, it turns out later, he has not. Yes. He's decided to stay on board, heroically, stupidly, mm-hmm. to save his family mm. and everyone else. Because his daughter and his wife have been taken by the hostages. Mm. As have, obviously, all of the other passengers on the plane. See, now, sometimes when I'm watching films, as I did with this one, I just stop sort of thinking about it and just sort of let it happen which means that things like this I can actually be like no really (laughs) like I I can actually you know have that kind of twist as Mm. opposed to being like well you know he's not escaped because then that's the end of the film Mm. like "Mm." whereas this this way it's much more enjoyable and I can be like yes great okay Harrison Ford's gonna take down everyone I think that's a very good way to watch this film yeah yeah. if you just (laughs) Just don't think about it. Just yeah, let it happen. Just let it wash over you. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's my mantra for life. Yeah, I think it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> just let it wash over you. <laughs> so yeah, he stays on board the ship. At this point, he's just kind of lurking around in the bowels of the, the plane, basically trying to like you know figure out his next move. Mm-hmm. And this is when we get introduced to Glenn Close, mm-hmm. who is obviously the reason we're doing this. She is the, plays the vice president. Yep, Catherine something or other. Did you notice that she got an and credit in this? Did she? Yeah. Because I was like... You know what? I never know what an and credit actually is. No, I think it's weird because I was watching the credits and it was obviously like starring, you know, Harrison Ford and then mm. had all these other actors like William H. Macy. Like, I think Lee. it's a kind of prestigious one. It's not like a bottom of the barrel No, one. it is. Absolutely. Is. It, it, she got the prestige one. That's mm. what I mean. Like it got, went through all of these actors, like the famous ones, the not so famous ones, the not famous ones. Mm. This is the opening credits, not the closing credits. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, oh, Glenn Close is really low down the list here. Why mm. has she not been up yet? Have I missed her? And then it had like, and Glenn Close. I was like, oh, of course. She's the prestige one. Mm. She's like the one that, oh, take this one seriously. Here's a multiple Oscar nominee. You know? <laughs> yeah. this is, she's, I think she's in this to give this like some dramatic weight. Because mm. everyone else is like an action movie star or a no name. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why they didn't cast anyone as the first lady. Just some nobody. Yeah. Like, no offense to that woman, but she, I don't know who the hell she is. Wendy Crewson, she was called. Sure. Never yeah. seen her in anything else. Just because she was playing the first lady, which is quite a prestigious role. Mm. I was really distracted by just how crap her hair was. <laughs> she had like, her roots were showing and it was really like, I don't know, it was too long. It looked like it, she looked more like she should be like selling woven baskets from a canal barge or something. She didn't look like the first lady of the United States. Sure. That was just an observation I had. Sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So Glenn Close is the vice president. So while Harrison Ford is location unknown, as far as they know, he's on the escape pod somewhere. Yeah. So that means she's ostensibly in charge. So there's lots of, in between all the action scenes, there's lots of scenes of her at the White House just kind of dealing with it, barking out commands and negotiating with Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about Glenn Close in this film, I don't think, performance-wise. No, she, like, her part is fine, Yeah, really. It's really not that big a part. No. To be honest, she's just there. Yeah, she does what she needs to do. Yeah. The only thing I know about her performance in this is that she was supposed to have a scene where she started crying, and she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and she 100% refused. She was like, I'm not going to be the first person to play a female vice president in the United States and cry. Yeah. That is not happening. Yeah. And to that I say, good for you, Glenn Close. Yeah, well done. Damn it. Nobody does this to the United States. The president will get back his baseball glove and play catch with this guy's balls. We can't do anything in half an hour. We need more time. He's a zealot. Tough to negotiate with. All you can do is wear them down. Mr. Secretary! Mr. Secretary, sir. Take a look at this. 
We found the escape pod. It's empty. So where's the president? So Harrison Ford is... The first thing he tries to do is try to contact the White House. Mm-hmm. So he phones the White House where he lives. Yeah. And he doesn't know the number. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a case of, like, he, he never has to. Like, he always just says, Oh, Janet, could you just let the people know back at the White House that I'm going to be home at five or well, whatever? maybe, but it's like, this is the 90s. Everybody, it's not like now you have a mobile phone. Like, everybody at least would know their own home number. It's not a case of his home number. That's It's kind of his work number, but also he's just, for security reasons, he wouldn't be, ever be using the phone himself, I guess. I don't know. No, I'm not asking you to answer the question. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that he just had no... That he literally did, didn't, didn't even phone, like, the White House switchboard. He literally phoned an operator. It was like, operator, put me through to the White House. Like, well, well, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, that would never happen. They'd be like, no. <laughs> like, surely. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then we get a great, you know, talk about one of my drinking games is drink for for movie cliches. We get a great movie cliche here with the sassy receptionist who's completely unhelpful. She's like, who who you say you are? The president? Oh, yeah, and I'm the Queen of Sheba, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fantastic. White House switchboard, how may I direct your call? All right. Listen. Listen carefully. This is an emergency call from Air Force One. This is the president. Can I come to the vice president, please? Who did you say is calling? This is the president. Yeah, right, and I'm the first lady. Don't cut me off, this is an emergency. Sir, the president doesn't call this particular phone number, so whoever you are, Trace get a the line. Follow your standards, security procedure. And trace the goddamn call. Okay, sir. You want to make a federal case out of this? Find my me. His first plan is to empty the fuel tanks and force the ship to mm-hmm. make an emergency landing. Yeah. So he manages to sneak down to the fuel tank control room? Hmm. Don't know. Let's just call it the engineering Engin- deck. Engineering to, deck. To use Star Trek terms. Which also doubles as the room full of big old fridges full of product placement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, in this corner, we have the controls to all the fuel tanks. In this corner, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Crate after crate of Budweiser. <laughs> yep, definitely. But yes, yeah, so he's on the phone to someone at the White House who's like talking you through the next amazing action movie cliche, which is the multicolored wires, one of which you have to cut. Oof. <laughs> oh, th- th- this was a this was a hard pill to swallow. I'll be honest. The fact that there's you know four wires, he's got to cut one of them. Three of them are red, white, and blue, <laughs> and one of them is not. And it's just like, oh god, this is. This is just... Oh, my God. He actually says the line, I'm counting on you, red, white, and blue. Yeah. (laughs) The second best line in the film. The best will come to. I'm sure you know what it is. Oh, God. (laughs) Awful. 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 Awful, Awful, but amazing. Like, what you want in an action film. Yeah. yeah. I laughed so hard. But he does it, and so the fuel starts leaking out, and at this point, the terrorists realise something is amiss. Mm. So now the ship is running low on fuel... And Gary Oldman tells Glenn Close that unless she sends a f- refueling ship to like refuel midair, mm-hmm. which apparently is possible, mm-hmm. then he will execute more prisoners. So then she's forced to send a refueling ship, which arrives super quickly, yeah. almost as if it was like waiting for this opportunity. Yeah. Harrison Ford manages to figure out that he can save all the hostages if he can get the ship to go to an altitude where it would be safe to parachute. Yes. Because that would be under 15,000 feet. 
Yeah, sure. So he needs to get the message to Glenn Close and Co. to tell her to get the, to tell the refueling tank. I know it's coming to get the plane under <laughs> under fifteen thousand altitude. Yep. Yeah. And so he manages to get to the hostage deck. So mm. he's, he's with the hostages. He's like, oh, how how are we going to get through to them? The phone lines have been compromised. Mm-hmm. And what could be more nineties? What could be more perfect nineties movie trope than the MacGuffin that saves the day? being a fax machine. <laughs> oh my god. It's just ah. Uh, it's the worst. You know the thing that really got to me mm-hmm. was that you know somebody I think it was Harrison Ford just scribbled a note down on a piece of paper and faxed it. Yeah. His handwriting was so bad. It was like my handwriting it was awful. Like you make this readable. You you know what you're saying here. You know how important this is. Mm-hmm. This is your life and everybody else's life on the plane, mm-hmm. along with, I guess, politics. Sure, sure, like, sure. Yeah. Make your handwriting legible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, oh. it's just like help. Yeah. <laughs> so they get the message and they manage to trick Gary Oldman. They say, okay, the refueling ship is here, but you need to drop to below 15,000 mm-hmm. for it to be able to dock with you so you can refuel. Yeah. And he falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. And they managed to parachute most of the hostages out mm-hmm. um, through the back of the ship, I guess. Yeah. Which did make me wonder, like, where are they going to land? I do not know. Um, somewhere... Are they uh, flying to Kazakhstan? I think they're flying from Kazakhstan, but yeah. I guess they're going to land in not the right place, essentially. But the thing is, they're off the plane. They're off the plane. And the American Air Force can just pick them up. Sure. And it may take a while for... <laughs> You know, that will happen and everything. I want to see that movie. What, of just... Lost. Of of just all these random people who've parachuted out of a plane, people who have probably never parachuted before, never done skydive before. Oh, 100%, yeah. Was it dark? It was pitch black. It was middle of the night, yeah. Okay, it was middle of the night. Great. So they're all going to have their own separate injuries as they land. Mm -hmm. Because I doubt that landing with a parachute is as simple as just landing from jumping off a sofa. Oh, no. Well, first of all, you need to make sure you're going to land on a designated area, like, you know, a field of grass. Like, they, they could land in the sea. Yep. They could land on a, in trees. Yep. They could land on a house. Yep. You know, anything. Yep. The likelihood of them landing safely is minimal. Yes. Minimal. Like, yes, very much so. And then from there, there's a whole survival thing. If they land in the sea, yeah. obvious survival dead, stuff yeah. there. Like, if they land in a country that's not that politically sound, then they may well get taken hostage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit that could go wrong, it's, really. Yeah. You're right, that would be a great... That is, yeah. It's not the sequel I pitched, but it's the sequel I want. Actually, no. That wouldn't be a great movie or TV show. It would be a movie or TV show. Yes, it would be. It's a concept. (laughs) It is a concept. It might be not quite as good as Lost. Get Air Force One on the line. This is Vice President Bennett. We're listening. I now hold hostage the President of the United States of America. Soon we shall enter the sovereign space of Kazakhstan. You will cease your military escort at the border. If you violate our airspace, I will execute a member of the first family. Tell our fighters to back off. So he managed to get most of the prisoners out. Yep. But obviously at this point, they've blown the cover. So before he can escape, Gary Oldman and co. kind of come and capture him. Yeah. And then they basically force him to call the president of Russia and... Tell the president of Russia to release the dictator from Kazakhstan. Yeah. And the president of Russia is like, sure. Which would absolutely happen. Mm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. incredibly politically, this thing is going to ruin your career and probably get you killed. <laughs> but the American president said so. So, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah. That makes sense. It's fine. Totally, yeah. 
So he does that, and then the dictator from Kazakhstan gets released, and there's a whole scene of him being released from prison, and he's marching down the prison, like, gangways and stuff, and all the other prisoners are singing this, like, big Russian, you know, mm-hmm. or Soviet, you know, song, and it's all very, like, Les Miserables, like, you know. Yeah, that's what it's like, John. Well, I was thinking of, like, that, what's that song from Les Miserables, where they're all just like, we will march, and we will rise again, and I don't know. I, uh, I should remember, but I don't. Yeah. Anyway, they but but it's funny because the that's the one. that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, got the words. Do you hear the people sing? Sure, sure. it's like that yeah. in Russian and about communism. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the funny thing is somehow they can all that, hear this on the that's, plane. That's, that's good music. Les Mis is good music. I hate that film so much. Yeah, really, in my bottom five films I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I was like clawing at my chair with boredom. All like right. think you in Dangerous Liaisons. That's me with Les Mis. Okay, that's noted. Utterly hated it. Mm. Who's films it next week? <laughs> I'll have things to say. It's got Eddie Redmayne and Anne Hathaway. And God. so much that I didn't like in that film. Right. Oh, great. Yeah. Anyway, that's another episode. Next week is not a punishment episode for you. Thank God. Where was I? So, yeah, but the, the, so the, there's this whole thing where the dictators walk in through the prison, all the Russians are singing this big Russian song, mm. and somehow they can hear it on Air Force One. Yeah. Why? Like, what, how are they piping that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Gary Oldman hacked into the prison or yeah. something. and He's like, listen, can you hear it? He's like gloating over it. Well, I guess that they've got CCTV or at least microphones in that prison. Yeah. But Which not they don't plane. have on this plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's funny. Anyway, so this dictator's being released. It's an international catastrophe. But then Harrison Ford manages to break his chains. He's got like a bit of glass behind. Of course he does. Cliche number. Not chains, but. So not chains. He's, he's like tied with like some sort of tape yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Tape, duct tape or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, action movie cliche number seventeen. He's got a bit of glass <laughs> and he manages you know, behind his back and he mm-hmm. so he cuts himself free. There's a whole punch up. Some nameless security guard does a slow mo jump and takes mm-hmm. a bullet for him. Cliche number eighteen. Yep. Yeah. So he manages to take control of the plane. Gary Oldman kidnaps the first lady. Runs to the parachute place again mm-hmm. starts just throwing parachutes out the back of the plane just to yep. make sure no one can escape there's another whole fight so then Gary Oldman gets the fabulous death mm-hmm. scene a great great villain death where he gets his neck broken by a parachute so yes. Harrison Ford wraps the parachute and cord around his neck mm-hmm. then deploys the parachute mm-hmm. utters the immortal line get off my plane yeah <laughs> best line of the film best line of the film and then Gary Oldman has his neck broken and you get that great shot of his parachute just floating down with his dead body just like eh. yep great and then the film has another half hour. Yeah. It's like, wow, this film isn't even over. This film no. has like 20 minutes left. Yeah. The villain is dead. But then they have to get off the plane. Mm-hmm. So now all the terrorists are dead. Apart from Inside Man, who's still lurking around somewhere. Oh, yeah. Now Harrison Ford is basically in charge of the plane. Mm. Him and Willie Mitch Macy, who's also in this movie, but there's not much to say about him. He's just there. They're kind of piloting the plane. So what's going on at this point? Is it they've run out of fuel? Or is the plane damaged? I forget. Both. So they're running out of... Yeah, they're running out of fuel. Mm. So then they need to find a safe place to land very quickly. But then also they get attacked by Kazakh terrorist planes. Like there's, right. there's a bunch of planes come in and start shooting at them. Uh, and then the American planes come in and help them because mm-hmm. they're just, again, just hanging around, waiting mm-hmm. for this opportunity, apparently. It gets very Star Wars all for a moment. Suddenly mm-hmm. he is, but Harrison Ford is Han Solo. <laughs> He's like laughing and shooting. It's, it's just literally Han Solo. Yep. Like, anyway, so yeah, there's a whole big dogfight in the air. The Americans win, but Air Force One sustains heavy damage, mm-hmm. so it can no longer land safely. Yeah. So things look really, really bleak. So what they decide to do is get another plane to fly alongside it, and then they get a zip line. And everyone who's left on the Air Force One is going to zip line 
to safety. Yes. Now, this goes all right for a while because they, they get rid of a few people. Yeah, we get and f- Har- annoying daughter and first lady off, yeah. And Harrison Ford is insistent that he is the last person to leave the plane. Yeah. Which, of course, is complete bollocks. Yeah. But whatever. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Conveniently enough, the penultimate person to leave the plane is the actual person who betrayed him at the start. Sure. And gave the weapon to the terrorists. Mm-hmm. And this is when Harrison Ford gets on the zip line mm-hmm. and kind of zips like halfway towards the plane. Yes. And then Air Force One like changes its course or whatever and he zip lines back towards Air <laughs> yeah. Force One. Now, in coming up with sequels for this, I came up with a bit of a pun. Uh, well, no, my friend Fred, our friend Fred did. Mm-hmm. Um, Air Force Pong. Air Force Pong. Not having seen the film, uh-huh. um, she was just like, you know, this is Air Force Pong. Let's see how that works. As in the arcade game Pong. I know, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, you know that what? That, really well. that lines up <laughs> exactly with like how the film just finishes. Two planes and a present, just like. Boop, yeah, boop, he's boop. just bouncing between them. As the, That'd as be the... a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like you've got to get the planes perfectly level, or the president will fall off and die. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we should develop that up. Mm. Well, I guess it's just like who gets to keep the president? Yeah. Is it. Is it, is it that plane? Is it that plane? Who or knows? And it, 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 it's a two-player game. Let's yeah, see, yeah, see yeah. who wins it before one of the planes crashes. That's a really good idea for a game. That's Air Force Pong for you. Mm, like it. Like mm-hmm. it. Very good. So, so, yeah, basically, the inside man reveals himself, and then they have this whole fight. He, he's trying to get hold of the last zip wire so he can escape. So, But then Harrison Ford beats him up, you know, and then jumps off. Mm-hmm. There's a great cheesy special effects scene of the guy standing in the door of the plane being mm-hmm. like, no! Mm-hmm. Air Force One hits the water. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is literally like sky surfing at this point. He's oh, just yeah. like holding onto his zip line, just like, wee! Yeah. And goes, <laughs> Not sure that his reaction, but No, yeah. I-, I would love it if Harrison Ford did just say, wee! But no. Maybe that's his downstairs reaction. Sure. Probably. Yes, yes, I'm sure he is, yeah. <laughs> but that, yes, that happens, and then he manages to get pulled to safety, and then that's the end of the film. Then then we see the White House, Glenn Close and co. get the message that the new plane is now Air Force One because the mm-hmm. president is safely on board. Mm-hmm. The terrorists are all dead. They can deal with the horrible political fallout from all this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And credits roll. Yeah. And that's Air Force One. What a hoot. What a hoot. <sighs> Crikey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely something, wasn't it? I had a good time. Okay, so Drunken Games. My first one is... Oh, like I already mentioned, anytime anybody says we do not negotiate with terrorists, very or, good. Or words to that effect. Any words to that? Effect. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Very good one. My first one is drink every time the president Harrison Ford declines an opportunity to get off that plane. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there are so many. Like, yes, that's that's fair. He doesn't parachute. He, do, he doesn't get in the escape pod. He doesn't. He's last on the zip line. It's like every opportunity. He's like, nope. With that zip line, like an Air Force pilot comes down from the Air Force plane into Air Force One. Mm-hmm. And his mission is to go and fly Air Force One, so the president doesn't need to. Yes. Why didn't they just give that guy, like, five parachutes? <laughs> yeah. Just like, here, just carry some parachutes. Look, we'll strap them to you. You don't even have to carry them. Just, we'll... Yeah. Whatever. And then just, okay, well, now they've got parachutes. They can parachute out of the plane safety. Yes, because he opposed was to, to... As opposed to ziplining out of it. Well, I think they were at too low of an altitude and over the sea, so, zip, so parachuting wouldn't have worked at that point anyway. Oh, uh, okay. I think it would have had to be ziplining, but yeah. Sure. Um, okay, next one is 
Uh, drink anytime anybody tells Glenn Close what to do or questions her authority. Oh yes, there's a lot. That's like the subplot that we didn't really talk about. Where like there's what Glenn Close? Well, yeah, we talked about <laughs> her, but like there's a whole subplot with her and uh, oh, what's his face, guy from Twin Peaks. I forgot his name now. Dean Stockwell. That's it. Oh yeah, yes. you know, I know Dean. Know Dean Stockwell. I know yeah. Dean Stockwell. Stockwell. Yeah. Well, he was the Secretary of State or something. So yeah, there's a whole subplot where he's trying to like he thinks he should be in control if the president's mm. out of action. Glenn Close thinks it's her. And then he's trying to pressure her to basically sign a thing saying that the president is no longer the president, basically, mm-hmm. because he cannot, because he's either, he's under duress. The idea that the president is yeah. under duress, like, because his family being held hostage. Yeah. He doesn't have the power to make decisions. And so Glenn Close is like, on the verge of signing this whole thing. Then ultimately she, she's like, no, she has no reason not to. But she's like, no, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the film, obviously, when it all goes well, you just see Glenn Close kind of roll back in a seat and sigh and rip up the contract. And then it's yep. like, good for you, Glenn Close. You knew your place. <laughs> I mean, she didn't. She, like, she should have signed the document, but she also, should, yeah, again, yeah. But also, Dean Stockwell. Why would he be in charge? She's the vice president. That's literally the point of being vice president. Yes. Well, I think the thing is, it's. I think this. I don't know the American system that well, but I think vice president is quite a ceremonial role. It's not actually one that's got a lot. Of, I know most of this from House of Cards, to be honest. Um, the vice president doesn't do much. The vice president only becomes important if the president dies or is incapacitated in this way. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think like this secretary of the military, whatever Dean Stockwell's role was, I think would have actually taken precedent in this situation unless the president actually died. So I think there was just a constitutional thing of like it being, because he's not dead, mm. obviously, but they don't know where he is initially or what, what condition he's in. It's unclear which of them should be calling the shots. So I think that's right. the point of it. Really, but, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not important. Doesn't seem sensible. No, not really. Well, a lot of things about American politics don't seem sensible. So, yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that leads to my next one, which is drink for bad politics. <laughs> drink every time someone makes a disastrous <laughs> political decision that will, in the sure, real world, sure. would probably cause World War Three. I mean, is that not highly subjective? It is subjective, absolutely. I don't mean bad politics as in things I don't agree with morally, though. I mean like stuff like kidnapping a head of state from another country. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea. Yep. Shooting that head of state in a prison. Terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> You know, negotiating with terrorists. Really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just every, a lot of people make really bad political decisions in this film. Mm. Yeah, so just drink for those. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I'm saying drink anytime anybody says Air Force One. Oh, that's good, yeah. Mm. Fair few. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, drink every time anyone salutes. Oh, yeah, good. Lots of that, yeah. I liked the one where Harrison Ford is riding the plane and one of the pilots... Riding the plane. He's driving the plane. <laughs> driving? Riding? Yeah. Flying. Flying the plane. Um, flying the plane. I mean, <laughs> I'm just imagining Harrison Ford just, like, straddling the plane, like, on, <laughs> yeah. on top of the plane. I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's got a whip in his hand. He's, like, like whipping it. He's, he's got yeah. a cowboy hat on. And... Wow, he paints quite a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ride a plane? Well, yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sharing turned out sign video just like just striding the cannon just riding the plane sure you've gone further than I can reference fair enough man. Uh, <laughs> yeah but there's a scene where he's flying the plane and there's another pilot one of the pilots from the American like the little dog fighters is it's when he tells him that, that they can't land safely and it's a bit of a little mm. shit what next moment and then he, he says Mr. President and he goes yeah you did a really good job and then they look at each other and like salute I was like how can you see him <laughs> <laughs> I mean Planes have got side windows. Sure, but like, how? There must be a fair distance. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Silhouettes. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm no expert. Never mind. I've seen Top Gun. That's it. Okay. Okay. Drink anytime anybody dies. Mm. Was there a standout death for you? Mm. 
I think Gary Oldman's that, probably, that's, probably that's one, that's of one of the best That's a very good action movie death. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's awful. It's, ter- it's just ridiculous. It, it, it is ridiculous, yeah. but it's what you want. Yeah. It's it's kind of like in James Bond's Goldeneye, one of the Pierce Brosnan ones, where mm-hmm. uh, the guy gets sucked out of a plane and straight into a jet engine. Always a good death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's Goldeneye, but yes. Dying of the Day. Dying of the Day, yeah. Golden Eyes, the one where Sean Bean gets that, has that old satellite lands on him. Like, also good. Also very good. Yeah. Also good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's be honest, Dying of the Day with Madonna is the best James Bond I film. I think everyone agrees that is the, the, the best James Bond film ever made. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why they made so many more of him afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Drink every time Gary Oldman goes to 11. <laughs> sure. You know what? Drink every time Gary Oldman goes below 11. That's a sober game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And the, the scene when he has his gun and he's like holding the gun right up in Harrison Ford's chin mm-hmm. I thought you know even as, even as an actor even knowing you're in a safe space I would not want Gary Oldman pointing a gun at your head no he is so scary yeah Ugh. yeah oh god awful exactly right last one I've got here is drink for bad CGI oh yes I've got shonky effects yeah yeah <laughs> anything involving the planes mm-hmm. yeah or um, yeah, the parachuting yeah I mean with the planes they varied mm-hmm. like sometimes like yeah well, that, that that looks alright mm-hmm. I mean it probably was real yeah in places I'm sure they had some exterior shots yeah, yeah. Sure. but then obviously the plane crash mm-hmm. is the worst <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you mean when it hits the, the, the ocean it hits the water yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah when Gary Oldman was dead and sort of floating away awful green screen yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just terrible. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, definitely a few others. Mm, yeah. I mean, it, it's a product of its time. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it was fun. At the time, it probably looked amazing. Well, yeah. like, compared to things like Independence Day, that film looks fantastic. No, sure, this film definitely didn't... And Independence Day was 96. That's fair. No, no, that's fair. This film didn't... It's not an effects kind of film. No. It is very much, yeah, die hard on a plane. That's mm. what this is. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a couple more. Drink for product placement. Yeah. So all the board, obviously. Yeah. Uh, drink for questionable Russian accents. Sure. Mm-hmm. Drink for American nationalism. Yeah. Yeah. Just every time it's like America, fuck yeah. Like, uh, drink for action movie cliches, which we've covered. Drink for trailer lines. Trailer lines. Lines that you get off even, my plane. Yeah. Lines that without even seeing the trailer, you know we're in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get yeah. off my plane was definitely one of them. <laughs> and finally, drink for enthusiastic extras. I didn't really notice it. Oh, there's a few. You're, you're way more with it with extras than I am. I love... Well, extras are like one-line characters who are pretty much extras. What kind of an extra would you be? Oh, I would be... I'd be the extra who's like breaking the fourth wall. I'd be trying to like make eye contact with the camera all the time. I'd be, I'd be a bad extra. You'd get edited out. I would be... Yeah, I'd be totally edited out. You'd be out. asked to leave set and that'd be it. Yeah. Well, what kind of extra would you be? I'd be an improv extra. Mm-hmm. I'd be... I'd be ad-libbing a little bit. You would also be edited out then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, the, it's, it's fun to, to do. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, 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 come on. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so those are all the drinking games. Brilliant. Okay, well, before we get to sequels, just want to let you listeners know that we are available on Patreon.com. So if you go to Patreon.com slash set, then you can support us for as much or as little as you like. And if you do, you get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, which we review films in the cinema. Yep. It's it's a good time. It's essentially how me and John keep up with uh, current films. Nearly called, nearly called you Ross then. Didn't. Let's plan I didn't mention it. Move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll discuss that later. <laughs> also, if you go on Patreon, once a month, you can have a 30 second advert slot on the show. Yeah. On the main show, that is. Indeed, yes. For which you can advertise anything you want. It can be your own business, your own podcast, any hobby you want, any hobby somebody else has, anything you like. Maybe you want to advertise EastEnders. British sure. soap opera based in, I guess, East London. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen it? 
I mean, I've seen individual episodes. I've not really been... Have you got a favourite? No, not at all. I, I'm not a soap person. Okay. I never really liked a soap. I heard there was an episode where a train crashed in through the pub. Probably. I mean, that sounds... I, would, really, yeah. I think it was a Christmas special. It sounds so Christmassy. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, there was one of Emmerdale, another soap opera, where mm. a helicopter crashed into a mansion. Like That's the kind right. of thing I get. Yeah. Great. I'll tune in for that, but... Yeah. On a general basis, I'm not really a soap mm. kind of guy. Well, if anybody would like to watch EastEnders, go to bbc.com slash EastEnders. Are we getting sponsored by the BBC now? No, I'm just oh. advertising random shit. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, if you're a patron, I'll advertise your random shit. Yeah, whatever you, it may you, be. You tell me what it, what, it, what it needs to be, I will talk for about it for 30 seconds, or you can do so yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, once a month, we pick a Patreon to come on the show. And, yep. Or to pick a film for us, come on the show if you want, mm-hmm. and yeah, just talk about your favourite film or yeah. your least favourite film or whatever you want yeah, us to talk about. Part of this crazy podcast that we do. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. So all that is available at patreoncom slash set. We'd appreciate any donation you want to make because it uh, makes it all more worthwhile for us. Definitely. We're not just we doing this afford, for fun, you know. We can afford more cinema tickets, and what else do we buy? Beer. Beer. Yeah, more beer, more cinema tickets. Yeah. Food. Yeah. The occasional subscription. Yeah. It's getting boring now. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So, um, sequels? Sequels, yes. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I will go first. You go first, Chief. Okay. Okay, so for mine, initially I was just going to come up with your basic sequel idea, but I didn't really have anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing was really coming to me. I was trying to go for a pun on the name. I ended up with Air Force 101. Okay. I was going to make it just like sort of a, a university course on oh, something. Okay. Then I didn't know what. Sure, yeah. I had other ideas, like say... Like <clears> Harrison <throat> Ford of the college years? I, I, I don't know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not fresh any of this out, and I didn't go with it in the end. I was thinking oh. for a bit, let's switch them around. Glenn Close is now the president. Yeah, then I was, I was going to have it as like former president Harrison Ford has died in some kind of an experimental crash somewhere over Area 51 and do a whole thing there but I didn't know what it was and then while trying to pitch ideas with friends in a pub we came up with the best idea in the world well okay well don't undersell it sorry I should probably say actually the best ideas in the world because remember a week ago two weeks ago oh my god are there ten of these because I don't think I've got the energy no there's not ten Okay, there's 20. There's 134. Oh my god, what? Yeah. Are you joking? So what I've done um, is... Are I'm... you really going to read out 134 ideas? <laughs> John's face We right have now. a cinema to get to. I have to, edit this. I have to edit three podcasts this week before I go on holiday. I'm not listening to 134 sequel pitches. So we were thinking of puns. Okay. Yeah, then it just kind of... I just thought I'd look up words that rhyme with air. And oh, okay. See what we can think of. Okay. 
So literally the first one alphabetically is Air Force One. Air Force One, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Bear Force One. Yes, like that. It's uh, The entire ship is run by Chubby Gay Men. Yeah. Chubby Gay Men? Yeah. Yep. Bear Force Didn't One. think yeah. of that one. Don't know why you wouldn't have thought of that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blair Force One. Blair Force One. It's, oh, it's Tony, Tony Blair on Air Force One. Oh, no one wants to see him get saved. <laughs> Care Force One. Oh, Care Bears. Yeah. Oh, Care, Be- Care Bear Force One. Oh, combined two. <laughs> just, yeah, sure. Yeah. Very sweet natured game, overweight gay man. Yeah, yeah could, <laughs> yeah, could yeah. be quite nice. Um, Chair Force One. Chair Force A one. game of Chair Force One, maybe. Game okay. of Thrones. Kind now, of I hope the ne- if the next one's not what I think it's going to be, I'm going to be very upset. What do you think it's going to be? Well, you've just done Chair Force One. Surely. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> say it. Don't make me say it. Say it. Chair Force One. Was it already on the list or did I just pitch that it was it was not on the list oh well i'm annoyed but i'm glad that you got it before i had to like spoof feed it to you <laughs> yeah exactly imagine this film but the president is played by Cher. Mm-hmm. fuck i would watch that yes like yes. shot for shot remake who else would you cast as like secondary cast oh i don't know i still think glenn close's like Cher's vice president would work okay um, who's, who's gary oldman then madonna yeah it is <laughs> Yes. I was thinking the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It writes itself. It writes itself. It does. It'd be a great one. Okay. Um, Dare Force One. Mm-hmm. Is that like Daredevil? Pretend, pretend you're going to make it Truth or Dare Force One. Oh, okay. Like horror movie mixed in. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I would like that. Um, fair Force One. Fair as in... As now, in... it could be fair as in like the opposite of unfair. Yeah. Or it could be fair as in like uh, like, like where a merry-go-round is. Well, I like that better. Like the president is, for some it, reason... It's the, it's, it's, it's the president's own... Merry-go-round. Yeah. Like the entire film with terrorists hijacking, how are they going to get off hostages, but it's all on a carousel, just very slowly going around mm-hmm. in circles. <laughs> yep. And the president's scared of just like moving fast or something. Yes. So we yes. can't just jump off. Yes. Perfect. I, I, I would watch that. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, Flair Force One. Well, that sounds sassy. Yep. Flair is in like 70s disco pants? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a disco you, take on yeah, that. Yeah. You, 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 you've, you've got disco balls. You've got... 70s artists, mm-hmm, name yeah. one. The Bee Gees. There we go. We got yeah. the. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John Travolta, 70s John Travolta's in it. It's like, yeah. Oh, is he the president? He could be, yeah. President with flair. President with flair, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've, got the, you've got the tagline and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glare Force One. Oh, is that just... The pilot forgot his sunglasses. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, flying east. It's not working. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Um, Hair Force One mm-hmm. it's just a TV show based in a president's barbershop sure yeah mm-hmm. gossip yeah. and other stuff or just everyone's got a big afro yeah, yeah sure yeah. <laughs> either or either yeah. or yeah now you said you had 134 of these if you actually had just had 26 then that's fine where are we going after you get to I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over a few oh of okay these. you get into the good okay fine let, let's just do it alphabetically oh I've, by the way I've not written these I've gone to rhymer.com and just words that rhyme with hair. Okay, fine. There are 134 on this website. Oh, okay, fine. We're currently uh, halfway through the one-syllable words. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> well, you can Let's keep... Maybe. You can pick and choose afterwards, John. You can pick and choose. Mare Force One. Now, I'm, I'm going to extend that. Nightmare Force One. Oh, mare is in female horse. I mean, that's not what I was going for, but sure. Well, it was, I didn't, couldn't hear if you said mare or mare. As in I like, said mare, M-A-R-E. Yeah, so female horse. Okay. Yeah, make it like Black Beauty. Same film, but it's it's like an animal Pixar-y kind of thing. Ah, they're, yeah. they're all horses, yeah. That could totally work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pair Force One, what do you think of that? Oh, Pair Force One. I feel like there's something there, but I don't know what. There's two planes? 
Oh. Or the plane has gone pear-shaped. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe it's like, again, it's like a weird Pixar concept thing where they're all fruit and veg. <laughs> like, um, goes. like what, what was that film we did uh sausage party, sausage party yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe or um <laughs> or it's like pear force one and i mean people can't see me cupping my breasts but like it's like a softcore porny kind of version like sure i like that yeah yeah for that sausage party sure yeah it's not a sentence i expected to be saying yeah <clears throat> uh rare force one what would that one be Set in a steakhouse. <laughs> sure. Works for me. Yeah. Spare Force One. Okay, I like it's, that. It's the backup plane. I like that. It's also the backup president. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. That's like the vice president gets into a pickle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's it's, good. It's a, it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's got like Seth Rogen See, in it or something. No, no, that's starring Glenn Close, surely. Starring, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I like it more as a, as a spoof, like a Will Ferrell kind of thing. But sure, maybe. Yeah, yeah. no, that works. Um, okay, Square Force One. I think it's before they realised what shape flies better, plane-wise. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking squares and everyone's really lame and nerdy. And <laughs> that too, yeah. yeah. Um, stair Force One. They're all really old and can't get upstairs. Yep. <laughs> you guessed it. Actually, can Stair Force One be they're all really old and can't get up the stairs, so it all takes place on like a stand stair lift. Yep. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Just flinging old people off. <laughs> Um, let's see. Tear Force One is something there. That sounds painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last one in the one syllable ones. Uh, Wear Force One. Oh, werewolves. Oh, fantastic. Yes. 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 It's the, yep. the flying, the, the, the president is flying over, overseas, you know, mm-hmm. on Air Force One. Full moon. Turns out somebody on the plane is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So werewolves mm-hmm. have infiltrated Air Force One. It's like snakes on a plane, but better. Be fantastic. I want to watch that film. I want to watch that film right now. That'll be really good. That'll be an amazing horror film. Yeah. Oh, such a confined space. Yeah. Yeah. Werewolves, zombies, vampires, anything. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Best idea so far. Okay, so now we're into the two-syllable words. Oh god. Let's, let's, let's speed it up. Come on. Let's... A fair force one. Oh, okay. It's a sexy. Oh, that would be a good one for Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so, so so Bill's on the plane. Yeah, he's getting he, a blowy from Monica. He, yeah. he's, he's got the first misses. Yeah, and he's got bl- blowy the first misses, blowy Monica, or whatever you just called her as the well. First misses and blowy Monica. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, they're both on board, and it's kind of like a you know he's trying to hide that yeah, it's yeah, happening. Yeah. But yes, you know, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, armchair Force One seems like another good one for old people. Yeah, <laughs> big time, big time. Compare Force One. The president has to try and find the cheapest flight. The cheapest car insurance. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Harrison Ford and the meerkats. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, let's... The, the, those meerkats are Russian. Yes! There we go. <laughs> Give them an actual role in a film. The villains. Make, that makes Sergei the, the Gary Oldman villain. Compare Force One. Yeah. Oh, my God. Actually... Oh, that works too well. Okay. Um, daycare Force One. Oh, they're all babies. They're the boss baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A baby with the voice of Harrison Ford. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman, of course. Yeah. yeah. Despair Force One. Oh, it's just like black and white, really depressing, with like French music over the background. Yep. Yep. Um, Eclair Force One. Oh, yeah. Again, everyone's really fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Footwear Force One. Oh. So the, yeah. the, the president has to just. Directed like... by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just like lots of feet, yeah. <laughs> oh no I don't like it um, Hardware Force One. Oh, okay it's all DIY stuff yeah. that, that sounds like something Schwarzenegger will be in like. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh no I feel like it's more of a 
like a Jason Statham or The Rock kind of thing. Like he's a hardware salesman. Oh, okay, sure. But then he has to go and protect the president. Oh, okay, yeah. Maybe. Oh, I know, I know, I know. So a hardware sales, a, a humble hardware salesman played mm-hmm. by Jason Statham mm-hmm. gets a commission to reinstall some panel flooring on Air Force One. Mm-hmm. But because of scheduling, he has to do it midair. And yes. the terrorists invade and he's the only person who can save the day. Yes. All there it is. With just a hammer, a nail and a dream. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's one half a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, you'll like this next one. Knitwear Force One. Oh, yep. Again, lots of old people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, actually, this next one you're probably going to like even more. Menswear Force One. Menswear Force One, nice, <laughs> yeah. So, um, is it just the same film, but everyone's just in Speedos? Sure, yeah. Why not? I mean, is that menswear, or is that just, like, underwear? <laughs> you say menswear, you think more, like, I don't know, like, tailored suits and, you know, yeah, uh, top shop, I don't know. Oh, we've got different ideas. All right, fine. <laughs> what, you think menswear, you think men in underpants? I don't know. Telling, but sure. Sportswear Force One. See, that sounds more like underwear. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hmm, okay. Topperwear Force One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very genteel <laughs> film about, uh, yeah, about a Topperwear party that goes horribly wrong in, in, yeah. in the air. Yeah. Um, I like this next one. Unfair Force One. <laughs> no, it's so unfair. Yeah. No. That's the one where the president has three teenage sons. Yeah. Than one teenage daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Welfare Force One. Ooh, yeah. Directed by Ken Loach. It's yep. very, like, political and, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, on to the three syllable. Oh my God. <laughs> There's not many left. Okay. Um, again, you can edit whatever you oh, want. I'm sure I will, yes. Aftercare Force One. Oh, that's depressing. Like, the president's got a terminal illness or something? Like, Anywhere Force One. Anywhere Force One. Oh, the navigation's shot and they don't know where they are. They're, yep. like, in the Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle or something. I like it. Questionnaire Force One. Ooh. No one's sure on what it is that they're doing. So mm. They're trying to work it out. Yeah, Maybe the terrorists, rather than asking them to release a Kazakh dictator, just make them solve a series of riddles. <laughs> yeah. mm. Yep, that works, mm. that works. Solitaire Force One. Everyone's bored and they've gone out of solitaire on their computer. Yeah, most terrorist <laughs> situations are probably quite boring. There's a lot of sitting yeah. around waiting. So that's just the hostage room, just all the hostages like in between executions just like playing solitaire. Mm-hmm. Unaware Force One. Somebody doesn't even know they're in the toilet the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Now we're into the four-syllable ones, of which there's only two. Oh, good. Thank God. There's okay. only two. Concessionaire. False one. I have no idea what that word is. Me neither. Enamelware. Enamelware? Enamel's like what's on your teeth, right? Sure. Is it? Enamel? It's what's on a president's teeth. Oh, okay. Enamelware. False one. Maybe it's a Pixar animation about the president's teeth. Yeah, or maybe it's about the presidential dentist who's also on the plane and... Also good. Better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has to reattach his filling in the middle of a terrorist incident. It's very high stakes, yeah. And then the final one, which is a five-syllable rhyme, oh dear God. is a multi-millionaire force one, which is a person who feels really good about themselves, mm-hmm. but given that the president, as we established, is a billionaire force one, either it's multi-millionaire, they're not quite he as feel, good He's as. feeling a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of an argument between the two, seeing mm. his best. Oh, so maybe that's Donald Trump. Then maybe like Donald Trump is the bad guy. He's the he's the terrorist because he's he's, so, he, he's yeah. only a millionaire. He's so jealous that the multi-millionaire is a billionaire, sorry. but he, he's only a million multi-millionaire. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that was a lot that. of fun. <laughs> okay. We learned a lot of good work. I think we improved our Scrabble <laughs> game tenfold. So. <laughs> I'm glad you had the energy for that. Yeah, as lazy, I can't be asked writing a sequel. Things for you go. That was pretty good. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I I had an idea for a sequel, and you know, I got to writing it, and I was at the pub, and someone said, "Just what about puns?" 
And it just kind of worked out that way. And no, so no, I, it was good. It was and good. so I drank three pints at the pub instead of writing an idea. Sue me. Well, it went, I'm not going to sue you. Thank you. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford it. Okay. <laughs> cool. What do you got for me? Is it less than 134 ideas? 136, actually. No, I've only got the one. So, I was thinking, I feel like it's the last episode of our Glenn Close mini season. So I thought, well, you've got to involve her in this in some way. I feel like it's only fair. Yep. So... I was also thinking about this film. Like this, this film takes a very silly view of like American politics and like the president. It's like you know a lot of high action capers, and I think it just kind of reminded me a little bit of um, House of Cards. Okay, ever so slightly. Sure. I mean, not like, in the not, not in the action sense. But yeah, the, not not a lot, but not okay. a lot. But I just it put that in mind. I was like, you know, like, I'll go with What it. if this was something that was happening to like Claire Underwood? Mm. So my pitch is. This sequel is actually the next season of House of Cards. Okay. Which is obviously never going to happen, but... Because uh, mm. <laughs> I also was thinking, God, why has Glenn Close never been in House of Cards? She would be perfect in House of Cards. Imagine her and Robin Wright just like going toe-to-toe. Yeah. That would be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so my pitch is basically the next season of House of Cards. It could be a Netflix season, or it could be a film that's like a film spin-off off the season. Mm. Could work either way. This probably works more as a film. Yeah. But anyway, the, the basic premise is that... Air Force One happened in the House of Cards universe and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously it just happened 20 years previously. Okay. So we pick up in the present day or whatever the timeline is shortly after the end of the last season of House of Cards, which for those who didn't watch, obviously Kevin Spacey was killed off off screen because things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ended after a, a whole se- mini season of silliness. <laughs> very, very silly. With Robin Wright's character, Claire Underwood, she became the president of the United States. That, that's kind of where it ended. Yeah. Uh, so this film picks up a short time afterwards. She is still the president. She's managed to see off all of the nonsense that was happening to her at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. She is still the president of the United States. Uh, and there's an election coming up, because there's always an election coming up on House of Cards. And um, her new opponent is former Vice President Catherine Bennett, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Glenn Close. Nice. So she's playing the same character. Obviously, she has served under Harrison Ford, President James Campbell, or whatever his name was, and... He's obviously long since retired. Yeah. And now she's making a run for the presidency. Yeah. So it's modern day Glenn Close. You know, she's older. She's very authoritative. You know, it's a big role for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought the, the idea of those two kind of campaigning against each other, I thought was really, would be really entertaining in that very House of Cards way where there's lots of scheming and backdoor dealing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, I think Harrison Ford should be in it. So he's going to pop up as like a, the retired former president. So he's going to be like the wise old schemer who helps Glenn Close to kind of strategize against Claire Underwood. Yeah. So on the campaign trail... They're both positioning themselves as being very like pro-military because you know, they're trying to win votes. So this is Glenn Close and Robin Wright. So they're both kind of trying to suck up to the military to kind of gain votes and make themselves look as like the most patriotic. So as a publicity stunt, they hold one of the most important televised debates of the election cycle mm-hmm. on board the USS Iowa, which is apparently, according to Google, the most powerful ship in the US Navy. Navy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently this boat has, like, nuclear capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's, like, he- armoured up to fuck. It's, like, the number one battleship in America. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, basically, they both agree to hold one of the TV debates of the election cycle on board the USS Iowa just to showcase the fact that they're, like, pro-military people. Yeah. So, they're doing that, streaming on live television, and wouldn't you know it, in the middle of the debate, the ship is seized by Russian terrorists. Okay. I mean, it could be from somewhere else, but I just went with Russian because... Yep, it's the easiest one to do. That is the less, the least one to lean into racism. You know, if you could say the like <laughs> Iraqi or Chinese or whatever, it just, just immediately, you know, 
Russian's all good. Russian, Russians are a safe bet for this it's, kind of thing. It, it's hilarious enough. It's kind of come back around, I feel. I feel like if you watch film action movies from the past like 20 years, mm. there's like cycles. Sometimes they're all like Muslims, sometimes they're all Russians, sometimes they're all Chinese. It really like, you know, goes around. But yeah. I feel like we're in a Russian phase right now. So Sure. Yeah, yeah if you say so. Just, just the vibe I'm getting from current cinema and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, there is a lot of British going around. Also well. British. British is good because that mm. doesn't offend anybody because we don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have our own problems. Like. <laughs> it could be the Brits. Mm. They could get... Actually, that would be even funnier if it got hijacked by like terrorist Brits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a post-Brexit thing. I don't know. Britain's really gone to the dogs. Like. <laughs> yep, I like that. So okay. yeah, it's British terrorists. Actually, that's a lot better. Uh, <laughs> so the Brits want something. Maybe they're like extremists who want the American president to sign a trade deal with the United Kingdom to save them from economic ruin after Brexit ruined the country. Yep. Something like, I don't know, something. So we're going to need a key villain, obviously. I've got rid of my notes who will play a really good Russian villain, but now it's who'd play a really good British villain. Gary Oldman's twin brother. Does he have one? Who was brought up in Britain. Mm-hmm. I mean, the character from Air Force One, his twin brother. I was going to say, because Gary Oldman yeah. was brought up in Britain. <laughs> I mean, he's good. I had like when I thought it was going to be Russian I wrote down Jeremy Irons because he's an ultimate villain in so many things I wrote down Charlotte Rampling because she often plays Russian spies and stuff Mm -hmm. I had Oscar Isaac Mm -hmm. maybe oh yeah because I I like the idea of it being someone not doing a regular accent so I I I don't want it to be a British actor Mm. I don't want it to be someone else doing a very over the top British accent so Oscar Isaac could be good he loves an accent and he often plays villains Mm -hmm. and it would also have a little Star Wars connection with Harrison Ford just a teeny one Oh yeah, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. teeny. Wait, 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 is he in this? Harrison Ford. Yeah, he's, he's in this. He, he's still advising Glenn Close. What about Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. I don't think she a can. Greek do a... villain. She's not Greek. She's Israeli. Oh whatever. Also, I don't think she can do accents. Their um, flags are similar. Blue and white. Oh, it's, they are. You're right. You're right. They are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to mock yes. you. I was just about to mock you for your lack of knowledge. Oh no, she's right. They are very similar flags. Never thought of that before. Great. Good for me. Good for you, yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe like, yeah, Christoph Waltz or Jennifer Lawrence, maybe. Christoph Waltz, overdone as a villain. Mm-hmm. Now trying his hand at comedy, not very well. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, no. no. Well, I think it, I like it because it's such a bad idea. Again, I was thinking, I wrote it down when I thought Russians because she was in that terrible Red Sparrow. Film. I mean, I like the idea of a, of a female villain to go up, these, go up against these two female protagonists, mm-hmm. if that's what, what they're pitched as. Jennifer Lawrence is not... She, she's not good against those two. Okay. Uh, who do you think, then? Meryl Streep. Meryl. Yeah, sure. I mean, she does good accent work. Oh, I forgot to read this film out of Meryl. What would you give it out of Meryl? Uh, Air Force One. Um, well, Glenn Close's performance in it. Five and a half Meryls out of ten. Really? You think Meryl could have done this better? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's like Mars Attacks. Meryl would have been much the same. I don't know what she would have done differently. I don't know. I feel like there could have been a lot more shouting. Possibly, and yeah. stuff. She probably would have, like, yeah, had more, like... Grand Close felt kind of passive in this. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, I think Meryl would have had something, like, some kind of, like, nervous twitch, or she'd have, like, constantly touching her hair or something. Yeah. Like, she yeah. created a whole character. Yeah. That's fair. Five and a half Meryls out of Meryl. Mm-hmm. Out, out of ten. Out of ten, sorry. Not, that's a, uh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, the highest Meryl rating she achieved was in Mars Attacks, then, basically. Yeah, what was that one? That was ten Meryls out of Meryl. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so, female villain... What, what did you say? Uh, well, sorry, oh, you said Meryl, said yeah. Meryl, Meryl um, Char- uh, Charlie's, Charlie's Charlie's Farrell would be very good. That's yeah. a good shout. I like that. Yeah, I was about to say G- Dame Judi Dench, but no, I was thinking her as well. Yeah, we're really on thinking a lot of the same things tonight. I don't know. I like Charlie's because it means someone she's doing an accent. Mm-hmm. I think she'd play a good. Vi- I think she's like in that 
place in her career now. She's played a couple of villain Yeah, I think, I she think has. she's ready. I think yeah. she's ready, yeah. Okay. Okay, so Charlize Theron as a British extremist terrorist. Yep. Yeah, with some kind of goal. What British accent does she have? Ooh, ooh, Dagenham or something. Is it an actual British accent or is it a an American fake British accent? Probably an American fake British accent, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like you know, I'm sure Gary Oldman does All right, governor. Yes, yeah. Sort yes, she's modelled her accent entirely after Dick Van Dyke in the <laughs> Mary Poppins movie. Yeah. Sure, sure. That works. President Underwood. <laughs> I demand... <laughs> Sort out this Brexit. <laughs> anyway, so British terrorists led by Charlie Theron take mm. over the USS Iowa, leading to the title of this film, Air Force Two, Cruise Control. <laughs> right. Sure thing, yeah. Writes itself, writes itself. Basically what happens is the terrorists invade the ship, there's a big gunfight, much like the original. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is kidnapped, mm-hmm. but Glenn Close and Robin Wright manage to escape. And it's the two of them, these mortal political enemies, having to work together, like, running around the bowels of the ship, trying to, like, take back control and save the day. Yeah. So, it looks like they did Robin Wright and Glenn Close working together side by side in this kind of feminist action movie kind of way. Mm-hmm. So, at first, they refused to negotiate. But then the terrorists, much like in the first film, they threatened to start shooting hostages. Mm-hmm. And they actually execute Harrison Ford. Oh. How? Up to the state, just shoot him in the head, I don't know. Or throw him overboard. Maybe, like, tie his hands behind his back and throw him overboard. Okay. The shark eats him. I don't, okay. know. I don't know. Something. Is it gory? It could be gory. Well, the girl who got, got killed in the film, the PR lady, she just got shot in the head, but it was off screen, so I don't know. Mm. I mean, Harrison mm. Ford's a legend. I don't want to disrespect him with a really shitty death. It's got to be a good death. I think stab him with, with a long sword or something, or a lightsaber, whatever, through the chest, yeah. and then cut it right upwards, like through the centre of his head. Splits in two. That seems a bit undignified for Harrison Ford. <laughs> What kind of a film are you pitching? Fair point. <laughs> anyway, Harrison Ford gets executed. Mm-hmm. And then when executing hostages doesn't work, the terrorists next threaten to fire the nuclear explosives that are on board the ship at mm. New York City. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, that puts them in a very difficult position. So Glenn Close and Robin Wright, they manage to get down to the bowels of the ship and they disable the ship's navigation system, meaning the terrorists can no longer steer the ship or target any of their cities. Yeah. So now the ship is just like sailing in one direction at high speed and nobody can like turn its starboard or port or anything okay. or fire any weapons. So now they're just floating through the sea and then the next thing they do is they manage to rescue some hostages and basically take back control of the ship. Mm-hmm. And much like the original film, you know, I'm, I'm speeding through it, but basically they get rid of all the terrorists, kill Charlie's Ferron, jobs are good. Yeah. However, they cannot get control of the steering back. Once the terrorist British threat has been, has been neutralised, they realise that they can't take control of the ship back again. The damage they did to the steering system is irreparable. So they are now heading straight for an iceberg. Oh no. <laughs> so then it basically becomes Titanic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Except, so they're heading straight towards this massive iceberg. It's like, what are we going to do? Panic, panic, panic. However, thanks to the miracle of global warming, the iceberg <laughs> is actually incredibly watery and weak, mm-hmm. and they just kind of crash through it with no damage whatsoever. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> So then that happens, and eventually they get rescued by the American Navy. You know, some other ships catch up with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Helicopters, who knows? Mm-hmm. I guess it's boats, because I put down the world getting into lifeboats. So all the remaining hostages, Glenn Close, Robin Wright, they're getting into lifeboats. And just as they're both getting onto the last lifeboat after making sure everyone else is safe, Glenn Close turns to Robin Wright, and, or Claire Underwood, and says, Isn't it amazing what we can achieve when we work together, Claire? Maybe it's time to end all this fighting and search for a bipartisan solution to America's problems. And Claire Underwood looks at her and says, 
I couldn't agree more. And then she shoots Glenn in the chest and throws her overboard. And then it ends with a classic House of Cards fourth war break where Claire Underwood looks to the camera and it turns out she orchestrated the whole thing to win the election. Mm. And then the credits roll. So. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Very House of Cards. And that's what I was looking for. I was like, yeah, a good evil House of Cards narrative. Mm-hmm. But also just put Glenn Close in there somewhere. Yeah. Mm. And on a, on a boat, obviously, just to replicate the first film, but not quite the same. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Very good. I think that could work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, that that's it. That's Air Force Two Cruise Control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. Right. Well, oh, I just elbowed you all. Um, listen submissions. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple. I've got uh, well, I've got a few actually. Good. Derek Horrigan, I believe his name is, says the prequel is essentially all the president's men, where two intrepid reporters investigate Harrison Ford for a massive government conspiracy. Twist: they are both killed at the end by Gary Oldman who wants to exact revenge in his own way. Working title, Air Force One, The Beginning. Oh, nice. I like that. Is that a prequel? Yeah. Simon Monk Shipman says, obviously it'd be called Air Force Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is no longer the president because he served his terms in office, but is now vice president. Okay. And the villains would be the Russians trying to replace him with someone that they don't have dirt on because topical. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan Shaw says Air Force Two, Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty evergreen, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Joe Siriata says Two Air, Two Forceus. Sure, yeah. Paul Valentine says I've had a treatment for this plot to doubt for years. Oh, wow. After his term, President Marshall, so Harrison Ford, is nominated as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. One day he is on the Vice President's plane when it's taken over by terrorists. Turns out the terrorists are sent by the President who's about to be impeached, but once the Speaker of the House to take over for him because the speaker, unlike the vice president, is willing to pardon him. And the title is Air Force Two, Martial Law. Ooh, that's interesting. Remember, it's President Marshall's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, ooh, ooh, that's very, I like that a lot. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Good wordplay. <clears throat> Best one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross Burton says Two Air, Two Force. Right. Good, good one, Ross. Yeah, yeah that's not happened before. He also said Deuce Force One. Deuce Force Deuce, One. Deuce Force One. D-E-U-X, Two. Oh, D E U X in whatever language. Oh, you, oh, French. Oh, I see French. Is that French? Yeah. Okay, cool. I get French. You've, you spent you spent time. I in France. get French and Welsh mixed you spend up. You so much numbers. time more, in, more time in France than me, and you don't know what the French for the number two is. I, I've never needed to have two things in in France. Fair enough. One's always enough for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's <laughs> just that word. Go on. <laughs> uh, Nick Thompson says at the end the plane went into the ocean. Sea Force One. Okay, that's not a million miles over wide, it's sure. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Semph says Submarine One, Shuttle One. Have it take place from a different vessel each time. Doesn't matter. Just have Harrison Ford kick terrorist ass and save the day. Great. Like Land Rover One. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Tractor One. <laughs> Sledge One. Sledge One. Oh, Christmas Special. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Slave Force One. It's Santa Claus. Oh, oh yes. Uh, we've got a Space Force one in there as well. Mm-hmm. Douglas Bennett Greenwood says, isn't Die Hard just on a plane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. yes. And Brian Moman says, I always treated this as a spiritual sequel to the Jack Ryan movies. John, have you seen the Jack Ryan movies? I've not. When did they come out? I know they've like done a recent one with uh, John forget- Krasinski. I don't know when the originals came out. They did that John Krasinski one. Was it a TV show rather than a movie? I don't know. I don't know anything about the John Jack Krasinski Ryan one's a TV show. I yeah. think so. I don't know anything about the Jack Ryan movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Me, me neither. So maybe it's an American thing. Yeah. Again, 
you're editing this, right? Yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave in the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a few as well. Isaiah Hand said Land Force One. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, same on the land. Oh, Isaiah Hand also said Con Air Force One. Oh, yes. Good. The president has to break out of Sky Jail to clear his own name. Sky Jail? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Mike Carey then put forward an alternative Con Air Force One suggestion. Due to budget cuts, Air Force One has to transport convicts along with the president. Mm-hmm. And it works fine until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that even better. Yep. That's good. Yep, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Ryan Klima said Air Force Wants. The president falls in love with a struggling Irish musician. <laughs> Have you seen that film Once? No. Falling slowly. No. Aaron Wells said Air Force One at the beginning. George Washington, the first ever American president. Mm. Horse has a British stowaway. The saddle isn't big enough for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very good. Yeah. Kurt Spindler said Air Force One, Trump administration. When the president's plane is hijacked... Everyone just kind of says, let's just see how this plays out. <laughs> that's, that's my point. That was your, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Probably what would happen. Uh, <laughs> I'd love it if that was like a news headline yeah, or something. Yeah, President kidnapped. Response, let's just see how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Herman said, President Bugs Bunny in Hair Force One. Oh yeah, yeah. good, good. Uh, Mike Carey said Air Force One like father like son question mark ah. Harrison Ford's son played by Adam Driver nice has followed dad's footsteps and become the president I don't know why I said nice so loudly like of course no, you were very excited about this Star Wars yeah. thing yeah, yeah yeah I mean I think I was thinking like oh good casting yeah 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 and then but like, like oh yeah oh yeah the connections yeah <laughs> uh, so he's followed dad's footsteps and become the president of the United States mm-hmm. Air Force One gets taken over by terrorists but after meeting them uh, James Marshall Jr. the Adam Driver character mm. thinks the terrorists raised some good points <laughs> yep very good very good, very yeah. good. Uh, over on Twitter Cinema Recall at Cinema underscore Recall said in the sequel Harrison Ford hijacks Air Force One in mid-flight and fights everyone in the Trump administration there's been lots of these anti-Trump ones yep which fair enough including the press secretary Rudy Giuliani and he teams up with oh, what's her face that very popular socialist Alexandra Cortez lady we're British we don't follow this teams up with her throws Donald Trump off the plane yep fine lovely yeah. Uh, Rollercoaster of Thoughts at ROT Tweets said Air Force Two same thing but two planes nice yeah, yeah. that could work yeah. yeah president on one vice president on the other yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, bloke maybe was... there's a zip wire between them they play pong with the president yeah hey that's ours they can stay away from that yeah. that's our money maker that's our dragon's den <laughs> thing uh, Blokebusters at Blokebusters said Air Farce One the same events but instead of Harrison Ford it's Alec Baldwin playing the president nice that's good you know? nice yes He's exactly the same as his SNL character. I'm guessing you've seen that when he plays Donald Trump. Uh, I've not actually, no. He does. He plays Donald Trump all the time on American mm-hmm. TV, like as a spoof. Yeah. Uh, and things could definitely do not go well at all. So is it Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump? Yeah, I think, president? I think that's the idea. Although I, I like it better if he's playing like Jack Donaghy. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, fantastic. become president. That's yeah. actually better. But either works. And finally, at Aussie Nerds Pod said, this exact same movie, but it's Star Wars and he's Han. Which, yeah. Yep, that works for me. Basically, that is this movie in many ways. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, those are our sequel ideas for Air Force One. If you have any sequel ideas for Air Force One or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available at all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know. We will get on it. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just search beyond the box set or at beyond the box set on Twitter. And we have exclusive merchandise available on tpublic.com. Again, just search beyond the box set. 
And finally, we are proud members of the Pave Media Podcasting Network. So look up that at pavemedia.net to find out how you can get con- connected to other podcasters and grow your audience. Great stuff. Yeah. So Harry, <coughs> next that week, is the end of that closed season. You survived. It is closed. <laughs> yeah, we are closing the book. Glenn oh, closed. Close. Yeah. Um, for good. For good, for now. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch her again at some point, mm. but yeah, not specifically. Yeah, we'll do other films that she's in, but not on a... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, yes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, well... Hey, all I can say is you've dodged some bullets. It has been... When a- I first drew up this list, I had Albert Nobbs, I had The Wife Again, <laughs> I had all these films that you have hated compared to this Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs was on my list. What on earth is that? I don't want to know. It sounds awful. I don't think you would have liked it. <laughs> no. My God. <sighs> it's Glenn Close playing a transgendered man in the Victorian era. I mean, like, there's pros and cons to that. No, it's not a very good film. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's a good film? No, it's really Wow. Uh, okay, well, anyway, so obviously I've hated this this season with a passion for which I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to retaliate by trying to punish John. Thank you. Because I don't think that that would be a good way for us to go because then that's just going to be a back and forth <laughs> it's battle. It's just going to become a war of attrition. Which is yeah. just not going to be fun for anybody. Yeah, that'll be the end of the podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah so... There's going to be no more episodes of me particularly trying to punish John, at least not upcoming, and there's not going to be any entire seasons of such. So I thought that, you know, given on this season, I've been like, well, Glenn Close, she's she's all right. Well, she's not all right, whatever. She's she's a poor man's Meryl. Uh, oh, we're going to hit some Meryl, are we? We're going to have a bit of Meryl um, okay, episode sure. next. I thought that's only fair. No, no, sure. I mean, I think that's a good transition point. Yeah. You, you You've picked your... Mel Streep kind of actor I picked mine yeah yours is just in Mel Streep so this next episode we're going to be doing a film I've seen maybe once or twice but what I remember being one of my favourite Mel Streep films mm-hmm. which is The Devil Wears Prada yay <laughs> that's the opposite of punishing me great <laughs> well earlier this episode you said you didn't like Anne Hathaway oh that's true but I, she's okay in this okay sure yeah. Okay. Yeah. oh good choice I'm happy yeah, yeah good okay I think this is going to be a good time yeah I'm happy with that choice I'm looking forward to this same okay yeah good. great oh what a relief yeah <laughs> I don't know where you were going to go <laughs> well like I could have done like Into the Woods or something but yeah. oh, I, God, didn't, yeah. I didn't really want to and then like for you it's very James Corden heavy yeah so like meh. yeah no no you, you, you're you a bigger man than I am thank yeah you. no <laughs> Devil Wears Prada it's going to be a good time I'm excited for that yeah good yeah. cool oh, thank you yeah. Great. Well, join us next week for The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. I guess that's been on your list for a while. It has been. It has been. Yeah, I've never found the time, but I think you picked the perfect time for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, see you next week, guys. Lovely. Thank you for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Plane. <laughs>